Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today on CityCast Philly, the city's outdoor dining scene thrived during the pandemic, but now it's a little harder to find a place where you can eat outside. I'm speaking with someone about why city regulations changed. Plus, we'll get some recommendations about some streeteries that are still up and running. It's Tuesday, May 23rd. I'm Trinina Ree, and here's what Philly's talking about. Ben Falecha, you're with the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association. You know, it's so nice out these days. What are some of your favorite places to eat and drink outside? Wow, that's a huge question. Right. I'm so happy <laughs> to be here. And I do love eating outside. And And how nice was it over the past few years to have so many more options to choose yeah. from? I mean, I was just walking in Maniunk the other day and you know, on every block, there's at least one or two streeteries. And if there's not a streetery, there's some sidewalk seating. I saw Winnie's had a, a great setup. Winnie's. And Taqueria Amour, they had a really beautiful streetery outside that was packed. And there was just so much activity. Uh, a good friend, Avram Hornick, is is working on a beer garden right in Center City, right on Walnut Street, between 17th and 18th Ooh. right now, where the buildings came down a couple of years ago. You know, he really thought outside the box and said, listen, I'm going to use that space right now to put a beer garden right in Center City for people to have. So I'm excited about that. That's going to be open up in just a couple of weeks. Uh, last night, I was walking along East Passyuk and I saw Flannel still had their beer yes, garden I open. I love and, <laughs> and Lever, too, up the street. I mean, they always have done a great job with their outdoor seating. Um you know, walking down in, in Old City, I saw people out in front of Fork and uh, Good King Tavern. I think that's right on um, 7th Street. Talk about like a French feeling. I mean, we always said Philadelphia could be a, could be the Paris of the United States if we continue on these outdoor seatings. Oh, who, who said that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. They, they, may have been, they may have been overreaching a bit. However, you know, to look at these folks eating outside of Good King Tavern, I really got that sense. Yeah. I used to love going to uh, Dos Segundos down in Northern Liberties to grab a to-go margarita when they had those flowing through the pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. We we were able to work on a lot of great legislation during the pandemic, and Streeteries was one of them. You know, we were one of the few cities in North America that passed regulations and passed a bill to allow for streeteries four seasons of the mm-hmm. year. And, you know, and it was just such a great thing. You know, a- another bill that was passed was allowing for, you know, mixed drinks to go. Of course, we saw that go away. Yes. And I was sad. I was sad to see that go. <laughs> uh, we would love for that to come back someday. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for now, we'll take what we got. And, you know, this outdoor seating is uh, has the potential to be a really great boom for the city. Mm-hmm. Ben, there were 800 restaurants, right, with outdoor seating throughout the pandemic. 
But according to some uh, research that we found in the Philadelphia Inquirer, some of them are gone. What happened to them? Well, here's the deal. In the beginning of the pandemic, there was no indoor dining allowed. So it really forced restaurant operators to make some decisions. You know, you were allowed to do takeout, pickup, curbside, delivery, and you could have outdoor seating. So, you know, a lot of folks wanted to offer both. So the city worked with the PRLA, the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association, as well as operators around the city saying, how can we make this work? What's going to work for you? And they really loosened restrictions to allow for operators to remain in business, for for servers and bartenders and chefs to be able to continue to work. Plus, it was, you know, it, it was great for the neighborhoods. The guests loved it. So, you know, as the pandemic started to go away, you know, we wanted these streeters to remain because they really activated parts of the city that were never active before. And, you know, it was just a win-win-win all around. However, with any legislation comes regulations. And, um, you know, th- there was a couple iterations of the regulations for streeteries, and all of them made it very difficult for the operators to continue to maintain their streeteries. Most of the structure streeteries, so I'm, by structure streetery, I'm talking about streeteries that have sides and a ceiling or, at a, at, or a roof. Um, there is a lot of regulations around a streetery like that. And it's very expensive, not just to build them, but the regulations require building permits and to go in front of the art commission and to get structural drawings and to get... Really? I didn't. I never knew it was so, like, complicated. You have to go to PA1 and, and, and find out what type of electricity and plumbing is running underneath of your restaurant and the wiring above your restaurant and mm-hmm. the utility work. It also, the regulations didn't allow you to run electricity to your streetery. That means they would have to be dark at night. We wanted them to be four season. The city said, listen, you can't heat them. You can't run electric. You can't have propane. You can't heat these structures. Well, that kind of takes the four seasons out of it. Right. So now operators, a lot of them said, listen, I can't afford it. I can't afford to go through the process. But then I have operators that, you know, have 20, 30 restaurants that have the infrastructure to be able to do this. They still can get their permits because there's just too many regulations for them to even go through. So at this point, you know, the the permitting process opened up in November of 2022. It's now spring of 2023. I know of one permit that has been issued, and they're still waiting for their building permit to build back their streetery. So it's just a really arduous process, and I get it. I get it. This is a brand new program for the city. It's going to require some work, but it's also going to have to require patience on the city side. It's going to require patience on the operator side. And hopefully with the new administration coming around the corner, we're going to have a lot more friendlier folks to allow for these operators to build their streeteries, to to get more people to come into Philadelphia and eat out and enjoy all these great restaurants. Ben, do restaurants have a voice here? We are the voice. You know, the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association is the resource guidance and advocacy for the restaurants in Philadelphia and, and across the Commonwealth. 
However, you know, when we have met with the city, you know, it's not just us at the table. We invite all the restaurant operators who, who want to join and who want to give feedback and want to share their pain points and want to share their frustration, but also to share their success stories. You know, I'm thinking about a restaurant on Christian Street on about 9th and Christian, oh, Fiorello. They have 13 full-time employees that are working just on their streetery. That's 13 full-time, well-paid jobs for the city, not to mention hundreds of thousands of dollars in tax revenue to the city. So this is a, a win-win. And Ben, what do restaurant owners want? Restaurant owners want flexibility. Restaurant owners like things in black and white as well. You know, so a restaurant owner is told, listen, here's how you build something. Here's how you build your streetery. Do it this way. They would be thrilled. As it stands right now, there's a lot of gray areas. So, you know, you submit your plans. We don't know that the art commission is going to give you a thumbs up or thumbs down. When it comes back, then it goes to streets department. Streets might say, listen, you're four inches too wide here. You're six inches too long here. You're three inches too high here. Uh, you know, we see that you are currently have uh, a lighting fixture in there. You can't do that. Start from the beginning. Wow. You know, okay. so right now, restaurant owners, we want to dine outside. Our guests are asking to eat outside. We want to provide the service to the city. What do you say to folks when they say, you know, eating outside also brings some issues, right? Like there's dust that flies in from a construction site a few doors down or, you know, cars rolling by even, right? Or sometimes, I, you know, I don't want to mention this, but all of that food outside brings rats and mice. So what do you say to folks about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, listen, there are issues, right? There's issues when we sit outside just in a sidewalk cafe. But th that's the guest's choice to to want to experience that. And that's kind of part of the experience. As far as the cleanliness, I mean, restaurant owners are responsible to keep their streeteries clean. Part of the regulations has the platforms raised so you can spray underneath them to capture any crumbs or debris that might fall down. You know, that wasn't as evident during the pandemic when it was kind of an anything goes type of situation. But now that, that this is going to be a permanent program, we want to make sure that they're safe. We want to make sure that they're clean. We know that some of the new regulations uh, require crash proof barriers around structures. And again, that's just to make it a little bit safer. Now, so some people say, right, that Shooteries took up some great parking options and Getting to those restaurants, right, is sometimes a hassle because you're driving around a couple times around the block to look for a spot. Um, what do you say about that? You know, when we were first um, looking at this program back in, you know, 2020, we had a lot of concerns. Parking was one. Uh, ADA accessibility was another. Making sure that we weren't um, going into bike lanes, you know, making sure that you know, if the Bicycle Coalition wanted to work with us, that we would be willing to make any concession because that, that's part of being in the city, right? Being a good neighbor. And it's interesting that we did not get pushback. You know, I, th I thought our major pushback would be the parking issue. But the parts of the city that streeteries are able to be located in, uh, we have not had pushback from the neighbors. So 
I think they, they really see it as a benefit to their community. Also know that parking stinks in the Tell city. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I remember, you know, you would get that good spot and never want to leave your house, you know, never want to take your car <laughs> anywhere. So that was well before streeteries came into existence. So with all that in mind, Ben, what's next for Philly's outdoor dining scene? What should we be looking forward to? Well, you know, the restaurant industry, the hospitality industry got hit so hard during the pandemic. I mean, we lost 25% of our employees to other industries. We saw a lot of great restaurants close, but it is a resilient industry. And, you know, I'm always looking and, you know, I, I saw there's about 60 new restaurants opening up between now and the end of the summer. They're always popping up. And these restaurants that are opening up in Philly are keeping in mind a couple of things that we learned during the pandemic. A, people love eating outside. People like eating outside four seasons. And, you know, we thought that maybe that was just because of the pandemic. We, we've seen the opposite. We've seen that that is something people want to, you know, want to do. We also see these restaurants, a good portion of their income is takeout and delivery. So, you know, we, we see them made that adjustment as well. But, you know, we are seeing so many new restaurants coming to East Passia, to Walnut Street, to Fishtown, to Northern Liberties every area of the city and it, it's booming. So I, you know, I'm personally happy to see more restaurants, more hospitality employees out there. I know that recovery and the explosion and, and the, the, you know, just the growth of Philadelphia is going to be driven by every restaurant on every corner that we see open up over the next couple of years. Another kind of outdoor food drink experience that I enjoy are beer gardens, breweries, rooftop bars. Any good recommendations there? Wow. Yeah. So rooftop bar, I love Irwin's down at the Bach. The Bach building is such a unique, cool use of space. You know, I, I love that place. The roof deck bar at the Logan on the parkway. The assembly. I mean, there, there's not a better view, mm -hmm. right? There's not a better view. You're looking right down the parkway at, at the art museum. Oh, want to go back to Paris? <laughs> there's no place that only, only the Louvre has more impressionist art than that strip on the parkway that you're looking out at. Um, okay, this isn't outdoors, but you get the sense of outdoors when you take that 60-story elevator ride up to... The John George on the top of the Four Seasons. I love that place. That's a spot for me. You know, in Fishtown, the the back deck in Soraya. I mean, that's beautiful. That's beautiful all the time. You know, so I'm I'm constantly blown away by all of these spots that are doing really cool, unique outdoor features. So Ben, before we go, any. Any good outdoor dining spots outside of the city that you like to go to? Oh, outside of the city. Yeah. So if you're going out to Wayne, Rosalie has this beautiful porch out front of their spot. Restaurant Alba out in Malvern has a great deck and some of the best Italian food in the region. And I, I'm not just because I have a lot of vowels in my last name <laughs> that I like Italian. I guess like Italian anyway. But, you know, I, I, I love that place. So look around. 
you know, this isn't this isn't just a Philly thing. I, this is all around our region. You're going to find great experiences to enjoy your friends, to enjoy the community, and to support these restaurants that always give back. That's amazing. All right, Ben Faleccio with the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association. Thank you so much for being here on CityCast Philly. Thanks for having me. And now here's producer Abby Fritz with what else Philly's talking about. Democratic nominee for mayor Sherelle Parker held her first press conference since last week's primary election on Monday. Parker had been hospitalized on Election Day due to a dental emergency. The Philadelphia Inquirer reports she says that she's now back to, quote, nearly 100 percent. Parker met with Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro before speaking with reporters. And in other political news, Councilmember Cindy Bass has officially defeated challenger Seth Anderson Oberman, according to the Associated Press. Bass has represented Philadelphia's 8th District, covering parts of North and Northwest Philly since 2012. But this year, she squeaked through the primary with only about a 400-vote lead, according to results posted by the Philadelphia City Commissioners. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and make sure to subscribe. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter, too. It's called Hey Philly. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from all around the city. Bye.